0: This program is made possible by the giving of the God-Called Partners of Renner Ministries. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick.
1: Hey friends, this is Rick Renner and today I am at the Pushkin Museum of Fine Arts downtown Moscow, just not far from the Kremlin. This museum is just amazing. It is filled with so many treasures, including this monumental entrance behind me, which is a 13th century gate to a French cathedral. And look at the top of it. The top of it is covered with sculptures of the original 12 apostles. But when you come to the writings of the New Testament, you find that in addition to real apostles, there were also false apostles. And in fact, so many false apostles were showing up in Ephesus that we read in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, and verse 2, that the church of Ephesus developed a criteria to test who was a real apostle and who was not. But why would anybody claim to be an apostle? If they weren't, why would anyone want to lay claim to that title? Well, apostles carried great authority and they had great influence in the lives of people. And those who had wrong motivations felt if they could just seize that title apostle, it would give them leverage over people. And of course, this is a false reason for ministry. And that's why the Bible calls them false apostles. But today we're going to find out explicitly why anyone would call himself an apostle if he is not. But we've already learned so much about the word apostle and we're just getting started. But today we're going to find out why someone would call himself an apostle if he really was not an apostle and how to determine if a person is or is not an apostle. But first, I want you to watch this.
2: If we believe the internet and the many posts on social media, we could conclude that apostles and prophets exist in large numbers on the earth today. But how do we know if their claims are true? How do we know if someone really is an apostle or prophet? In Rick Renner's foundational new book, Apostles and Prophets, Rick reveals how these responsibilities in the church must operate and teaches you how to clearly identify correct and false teaching.
1: I wrote this book so we can understand biblically what the Bible says about the role of apostles and prophets and how they are to function in the last day's church. And by knowing what the Bible really says, we can avoid deception. And my prayer is that this book will strengthen your faith and the faith of your family.
2: When you call or go online today and get apostles and prophets, you'll learn how this essential teaching has been overlooked in the modern church. And why it's important for every believer to understand the Bible's definition of these roles. And now for this limited time, you can get it for just $30. Through its detailed information and illustration, Apostles and Prophets allows you to explore and imagine what it was like in the early church and how early church leaders operated within these ministry gifts, and will make this book a treasure for you and your family for years to come. Call now to get Apostles and Prophets for just $30 or go to renner.org. Great as a gift or for your own Bible study. Don't miss this special offer.
1: My friend, I really want you to get my book called Apostles and Prophets. The subtitle says their roles in the past, in the present, and in the last day's church. The back of the book says what and who are apostles and prophets, and what is their critical role in the end times church? The Bible tells us very clearly that these gifts, along with the other fivefold ministry gifts, will function in the church to the end of the age, and they will. But many people today who call themselves apostles are not, and many who call themselves prophets really have a prophetic leaning or prophetic inkling but that doesn't make them a real prophet so how do you know who is a real apostle and who is a real prophet what is the criteria to tell us who is and who isn't that's what we're going to be seeing in the next couple of programs but today we're going to be seeing how many people in the new testament are actually called apostles and i believe you're going to be flabbergasted it's more than you thought but hey I want you to order this book. Order it today. You need this to be in your spiritual library. And this is a book you ought to order for your pastor. Your pastor will be very grateful if you give this to him as a gift. And we're also offering you the series, Apostles and Prophets. It's 15 parts. Their roles in the past, present, and last days, church, everything in this series is in this particular set. And it comes with a study guide so that you can read it while you're seeing or hearing these programs. My friends, we really need to know what the Bible says. We need to be established in truth. Yes. Say amen. And hey, if you need prayer, please reach out to us Jeremiah 33:3 three gloriously says, call unto me and I'll hear you. I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things. And if you'll write to us or give us a call, as soon as we hear from you, we're going to call out to God with you in faith. It's not enough just to pray. You got to pray in faith. God will hear us. God will move. God will do something mighty in your life, but write us or give us a call. But hey, today we're going to see how many people in the New Testament are actually called apostles. And as I've told you, I grew up in a particular denomination where I was taught, possibly like you, that there were only 12 apostles. And when those 12 legendary men died, that was the end of the apostles, and that was the end of the apostolic age. But if you look at the New Testament, And you begin to look for the word apostolos, which is the New Testament word for an apostle. How many people in the New Testament are actually called apostles? And today I'm going to give you a biblical answer to that question. It's going to be quite eye-opening. But Jesus was the first apostle. He was. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 says, Jesus was the very first apostle. Apostle. Here's what it says. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. And in this verse, the word apostolos, the word apostle is used to describe Jesus as the chief apostle of the church. And as the chief apostle, Jesus set the standard for all who subsequently would serve in the church as apostles. And really, if you carefully study Jesus' ministry, you will find that he very specifically fulfilled everything we saw about apostles in the last programs. For example, Jesus was God's admiral, going into new territory with the kingdom of God that had where it had never existed before, and with the help of his specialized apostolic crew who were his disciples, he brought heaven to the earth, but he was God's admiral. Jesus was also God's passport. HE BROUGHT THE DISCIPLES AND COUNTLESS OTHERS INTO DEEP SPIRITUAL DIMENSIONS THAT THEY COULD HAVE NEVER GONE TO BY THEMSELVES. HE WAS GOD'S SPECIAL PACKAGE. SAY AMEN. HE WAS GOD'S SPECIAL MESSENGER WITH UNPRECEDENTED SUPERNATURAL INSIGHTS AND POWER GIVEN TO HIM BY THE FATHER THAT WAS VITAL FOR THE GROWTH AND THE UPBUILDING OF THE CHURCH. JESUS WAS GOD'S AMBASSADOR. He was equipped with all the power and all the authority that was needed, and he was authorized to speak and to act on God's behalf. And as the first apostle, Jesus selected and trained a team of 12 to be a part of his apostolic crew. And we read about them in Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 4, where the Bible says, And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples... He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And the names of the 12 apostles are these. Then the Bible tells us. The first, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus and Lebius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. These were what I call foundational apostles. Now, if you read what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, verse 14, these particular apostles are called apostles of the Lamb. That technically is what they are called. But for our purposes, I'm calling them foundational apostles because they were the first that Jesus chose. They were the apostles who wrote and penned doctrinal truths that are non-negotiable and there will never be another group of apostles like the original 12. These were the 12 whom Jesus selected and appointed to establish and lay the foundations of the universal church. And Luke six thirteen says, he called them apostles. He called them apostles. We know that eventually Judas Iscariot committed suicide because of his mishandling and betrayal of Jesus. But the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 5, 15 to 26, that Matthias was chosen as Judas Iscariot's replacement among the 12 foundational apostles. Those verses say this. Listen to this. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, So whether of these two thou hast chosen that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots and the lot fell upon Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. This is very important because Matthias was chosen to be the replacement for Judas Iscariot. So if you simply look at the use of the word apostolos, the word apostle, As it's used in just these verses, in addition to the original 12 apostles and Matthias, we find that there were at least 12 or 13 apostles. But if you count everyone that is called an apostolist or an apostle, including Jesus as the first apostle, along with the addition of Matthias, As a replacement for Judas Iscariot, it means that up until this point alone in the New Testament, 14 people are called apostles. Not 12, 14. But there are others in the New Testament who are also called apostles. For example, in addition to Jesus... In addition to the 12 original apostles, in addition to Matthias, there are numerous other people in the New Testament who are referred to by the Greek word apostolos or the word Apostle. These certainly are not people in the same category as the first foundational apostles, but nonetheless, they were Christ-given apostles in a broader sense of the word. They were given his gifts by Jesus to the church to establish the church in conjunction with other five-fold ministry gifts. And I want to give you a list of who some of the other apostolos apostles were that are specifically named in the New Testament. And we're going to begin with the Apostle Paul, who calls himself an apostle very clearly in Romans 1.1, 1 1 Corinthians 1.1, 2 Corinthians 1.1, Galatians 1.1, Ephesians 1.1, and Colossians 1.1. It is indisputable that Paul is an apostle in addition to who we have already described. Barnabas is called an apostle. He's referred to as an apostle in Acts 13, 2 and 3, Acts 13, 50, Acts 14, uh, 1, and in 1 Corinthians 9, 5, and 6. Apollos is referred to as an apostle in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 6-13. Epaphroditus is referred to by the word apostolos, where it's translated as the word messenger in Philippians chapter 2, verse 25, but it's actually the word for an apostle. Andronicus, who was a relative of Paul, is referred to as an apostle in Romans chapter 16, verse 7. His wife, whose name was Junia, is also referred to as an apostle. That is remarkable. And you can read that also in Romans chapter 16, verse 7. Titus is referred to as an apostle. The Greek word apostolos is used, though it's translated in the King James Version as the word messenger, it's actually the word apostolos. And you find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23. Then in 2 Corinthians 8, 18 and 23, we find another unnamed brother who traveled with Titus who's also referred to by the word apostolos or an apostle. In 2 Corinthians 8, 22-23, we find yet another unnamed brother who's also referred to by the word apostolos or he was an apostle. Finally, we find that Timothy is an apostle. We read that in 1 Thessalonians 1, 1 and 2, 6. We see that Sylvanus or Silas was an apostle. The Bible tells us that in 1 Thessalonians 1, 1 and 2, 6. And James, the Lord's brother, was also an apostle. You read that in Galatians chapter 1, verse 19. So, if you read all of those in the New Testament to whom the word apostolos is specifically applied, guess how many there are? There are at least 26 people in the New Testament who are described using the word apostolos and who did apostolic work. And the reason I say at least, is because there are actually potentially a few more that could be added to the list. So, in addition to the original foundational apostles and the exceptional case of the Apostle Paul and others who were sent apostolically by the churches, we find out that contrary to what most denominations teach, There were many more than 12 foundational apostles. Truly those 12 were in a category by themselves. But the gift of apostleship transcended them. And in the New Testament alone, we find at least 26 people that are called apostles. Well, my friends, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13 says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So Paul says, until we have reached the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, all five of the five-fold ministry gifts will be functioning in the church, and that includes the ministry of apostles, And prophets, which we're going to get to a little later. But although apostles seem to have been less recognized over the years and over the millennia, they've always been with us all along. They've been called missionaries. They've been called innovators. They've been called other things. But in fact, they were apostles sent by Christ or dispatched by the church, and they will continue to be in the church until the church reaches maturity. But Listen to this from page 257 in this amazing book that I really want you to have. We've seen that although the original group of foundational apostles are exceptional, there'll never be another group like them. There were indeed other Christ-given apostles in the broader sense of the word. And in fact, by the end of the first century, there were so many people claiming to be apostles That the church of Ephesus decided to develop a criteria based on scripture to determine who was and who wasn't a real apostle. The early church never even questioned that there could be other apostles, they never questioned that there were more apostles than the original group that Jesus chose, but they knew. This was an essential five-fold ministry gift that extended beyond the original 12, and they were understanding that many people were showing up claiming to be apostles that were not, and they felt the pressing, urgent need to develop a scriptural criteria to determine who was and who was not an apostle. And the efforts by the leadership of the church at Ephesus to determine who was real and who was not in terms of apostleship was so imperative and so outstanding that Jesus commanded them for it. That's what we read in Revelation chapter 2, verse 2, where Jesus said to them, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not. They actually developed a criteria. And we know that this word tried, that is used in this verse, describes the process by which the church leadership at Ephesus tested those who claimed to be apostles. The church was literally being inundated with people who claimed they had an apostolic gift. So the Ephesian leaders were so serious about protecting the reputation of real apostles. And about sparing the church from the assault of pretenders that they decided to try them who claimed to be apostles to see whether they were or they were not. And the word tried is a very intense Greek word, the word pirazzo, And it tells us that those leaders aggressively test people who boasted about being apostles, closely examining them to see if they could pass the scriptural criteria to authenticate they truly what they claimed to be. And during that testing process, the church leadership applied a very specific criteria that enabled them to determine who did and who didn't have a genuine apostolic call. That church, the church in Ephesus, was birthed in the power of God and was marked by true bona fide apostolic ministry. And because of that close association they were very, very familiar with the signs that should accompany real apostles. So they developed a test. They developed a series of criteria to determine the veracity of people who claimed to be apostles. It was not difficult for them because they had experience with the real apostolic gift. This is just amazing. Now listen to this. After Judas Iscariot committed suicide, the remaining apostles took serious steps to pick someone to replace him. It was Peter who said the very first criteria to be a replacement among the foundational apostles was that he had to be one who had personally seen Jesus' ministry with his own eyes and had personally witnessed his resurrection. And Matthias met the qualification, and that's why he was chosen to be the replacement of for Judas Iscariot. But Paul took it a step further and he added other criteria. And in Paul's writings, Paul added six biblical proofs of apostleship. And if a person doesn't have all six of these, then he is not an apostle. Maybe he's a groundbreaker. Maybe he's innovative. Maybe he's pioneering. Maybe he's done something magnificent. But Paul says, if you are a bona fide apostle, you will meet these six biblical proofs of apostleship. And that is what we're going to begin with in the next program. But my friends, this book is just loaded. And I wrote it for you. I want you to get it. I want you to dive into it and really learn about apostles and prophets in the past, in the present, and in the last days, church, while this is so important that we be established in truth. And please let me know how you're enjoying this series and how it's impacting you. But I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you.
0: These days, a lot of people are being called apostles or prophets. But are real apostles and prophets still alive, well, and operating in the body of Christ today? In this much-needed powerful series, Apostles and Prophets, Rick Renner covers what an apostle is and what an apostle is not. What are the signs of a true apostle? Why would anyone claim to be an apostle if he wasn't an apostle? What does the word prophet really mean? What do we know about how real prophets do and do not operate? What about false prophets? This 15-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $24. And right now, we urge you to get Rick's new book, Apostles and Prophets, Their Roles in the Past, the Present, and the Last Days, with over 700 pages of information to help fortify a solid foundation underneath your life for the special introductory price of $30. Joseph Z, founder of Z Ministries and best-selling author, says, armed with his Bible, historical examples, and decades of tenured experience, Rick has produced a scholarly masterpiece that will write the mania, purge the dysfunction, confront willful ignorance, and cause celebration among the lovers of the Word of God. And Flashpoint host Gene Bailey says, this is not a stuffy manual on how to be an apostle or prophet. You will want to keep this book nearby the next time a question arises on the subject of apostles and prophets. Don't miss this exciting offer, the 15-part series, Apostles and Prophets, and the insightful and penetrating book, Apostles and Prophets. Call the number on your screen or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now
1: to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. thank you for being with me today. And hey, if you're not a partner with our ministry, would you please become a partner with our ministry? A partner is someone who regularly gives to our ministry to help us take this teaching to people around the world. And when we call you a partner, we really mean you're our partner in ministry. And the moment you become a partner, we're going to send you my book, which is called Life in the Combat Zone, which is dedicated to our partners. And we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness, because we always give these two books to anyone who becomes a part of our partner family. We'll pray for you. We'll stand in faith for you. And together, we will change people's lives. You can become a partner by going online right now or by giving us a call. And we're also offering you right now my series, which is called Apostles and Prophets, The Roles in the Past, Present, and Last Days Church. Everything in this series is in this particular set. And it comes with a great study guide. I want you to have the study guide so you can read it while you're seeing it or hearing it. And we're also offering you my book by the same title. Look at this. It is an amazing book. And my friends, I really want you to have this book, Apostles and Prophets, Their Roles in the Past, the Present, and the Last Days. You will find this to be an amazing resource that you will go to again and again, and again, and you ought to order one for your pastor because your pastor will really appreciate it. It will be a blessing to him. Let us know how to pray for you. Just reach out to us by calling or by writing us right now. But, Father, we thank you that today we've been able to dive into the Word of God. We thank you that the Word of God clears up all the confusion, gives us solid answers, and, Lord, we need solid answers on this important subject. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll see you tomorrow when we begin to look at the authenticating signs of a true apostle. But until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Hey friends, we're coming to an area near you and we want to invite you to come to one of our meetings. Sunday, February 5th, we're going to Church for All Nations in Colorado Springs and we will be with Pastors Mark and Linda Coward. Then on Sunday, February 12th, we're going to be at Legacy Church with Pastor Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado. Then on Thursday, February 16th, Denise is having a women's meeting at the Stony Creek Hotel in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. On Saturday and Sunday, February 18th and 19th, we're going to be at the Living Word Christian Center with Pastor Mack Hammond in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. And on Sunday, February 26th, we're going to be at Faith Family Church with Pastors Michael and Vicki Bang in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. But please go to our website to affirm all these times and all these dates, and we look forward to seeing you there.